Hello, my name is Billy Carson, and I'm a best-selling author and the founder of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Together with my team, we have built an all-new conscious streaming TV platform designed with every family member in mind. If you have ever wanted to travel the world and attend lectures and workshops from your favorite speakers but weren't able to, look no further. ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. There are dozens of workshops and lectures from speakers you know and love. We have also included amazing categories to assure that your consciousness is entertained and elevating on a daily basis. Amazing interviews, ancient history, ascension knowledge, wisdom teachings, documentaries, conspiracies, mysteries, health and fitness, conscious cooking, meditations, finance, yoga, and so much more. To start your free trial on any mobile device or computer, surf to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's Forbidden Knowledge with the number four, ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Again, visit ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. Welcome back to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Today, I have a very, very incredible guest, the beautiful Dr. Tara Swart. She's a neuroscientist. She's a former psychiatrist. She's been an executive coach. And she's also faculty at MIT, which is where I actually met her. We'll touch on that later. She's also the author of the bestseller, The Source, The Secrets of the Universe, the Science of the Brain, and we're going to talk about that book today. Welcome, welcome to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv, Dr. Swart. Thank you so much, Billy. It's so lovely to be reconnected with you after that meeting at MIT. Was it two years ago now? Or? Yeah, it's been two years that quick. Can you believe it? <clears throat> no, it's strange. You know, well, you know, how, what we believe about how time moves. Um, it's, it seems like a long time ago that I met you, but because we've stayed connected like through Instagram and stuff, it's kind of just so, it's like <laughs> I saw you yesterday. Right, exactly. That's the beautiful thing about social media. It actually does allow you to be kind of somewhat quasi-connected in a, in a weird kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just amazing, like you said, time flies. And you know, one of the things that I really got out of your class was the, co- the confirmation of a lot of the theories that I had researched and learned about, even from ancient sages and pyramid priests and indigenous tribesmen and that I travel all around the world to meet. And they told me a lot of the same exact concepts that I learned in your class. So that was like great confirmation for me. Well, that's so interesting because I think for me, bridging that gap from science to spirituality took a lot longer than it's taken you. I mean, I'd read your book on the Emerald Tablets before mine came out. And so I know about where you've been and, you know, the theories that you've looked into, things that I've always been interested in in my personal life but never quite brought into my work life so when the source came out last year that was the first step towards me mixing science and spirituality and actually since it's come out that spiritual side has had such a good response that it's made me much more courageous about discussing Mm -hmm. you know the science behind some of the things like the laws of attraction and universal connection and things like that i love it so is that what kind of sparked your interest into writing a book about science and spirituality so, so as I said, I'd always had a personal interest in it. I was brought up by Indian parents, but I was brought up in, in London, England. So I kind of had a double life. Um, I had the cultural heritage at home where, you know, things like believing in reincarnation, for example, hmm. um, it was totally normal. Um, but that's not something I could speak about, you know, at school yeah. or university. Um, and then especially, you know, I went to med school, so I did a very traditional training sort of you know only based on evidence Mm -hmm. um and i really think it starts to make you think well what is evidence because these ancient cultures they've been around for longer than medicine if you like you know modern medicine um Mm -hmm. but the the 
modern scanning technologies that have allowed us to see how our brains and our bodies work has given a lot of credence to some of those things that people didn't believe in because you couldn't prove it before. Um, right. So one of the things that, you know, the first thing I'd love to discuss with you because it's so topical right. is, have you been having vivid dreams during this COVID lockdown? You know what, that's really amazing because, oh my goodness, <laughs> I, I, I rarely have these random dreams. If I have a dream state, I kind of try, try to do a guided dream state, but because I'm always so busy the last couple of years, I haven't even tried to do a guided dream. So I wasn't dreaming at all, according to the way that I felt when I woke up from my four hour sleeps. But recently, during this COVID-19, uh, I've been having some really crazy dreams. It's wild. I know. And, um, you know, it, uh, my partner's like, hey, you know, she's like, you know, what's going on? You know, all of a sudden, this is like, I never seen this out of you before. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Yeah, so it was happening to me, but I sort of, I just thought it was me. And then a journalist called me up to ask if, if there's any science behind it. So I thought, okay, so it's not just me. Yeah. And um, I looked into it and there are definite reports that during the two world wars hmm. and during the Holocaust, there was an increased report of vivid dreaming in the whole world. Yeah. Wow. So that's happening now. And I think just at the very scientific level, it's, it's emotional processing. It's, you know, how we deal with Mm -hmm. the unprecedented uncertainty that's around us and it's actually a healthy psychological thing but because we're in uncertain times a lot of the dreams have quite an anxiety basis to them so people are thinking it like it's a bad thing right but actually it's it's not a bad thing it's a very healthy way for your brain to be processing um mm -hmm. i had a really strange experience which I wouldn't discuss with many people, but I think you'll appreciate it. Luckily, I validated it before. Um, so I had a dream that I was in a sort of, you know, a scary place that I wanted to escape from. And one of my former coaching clients suddenly turned up and I was so relieved to see him that I, you know, I just sort of gave him a big hug and then he grabbed me by the hand and he rescued me from this place. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we got out of the place, I said, oh no, like we hugged and you held my hand and now I'm going to get COVID. Oh. And that's all, I wasn't like, it was, I was sort of aware of what was going on in the dream, but obviously this COVID thing definitely came into the dream. Yeah. So the next morning I told my husband about it and he knows that the, the client mm has -hmm. met him before. And then we had lunch together. We went off to our separate places to work and I got a text message from the client that was in my dream the night before. And I went to my husband's study and I said, you're not going to believe who I've just had a text message from. And he said, I can't imagine because he's not really into like all this spiritual stuff. Yeah. Um, and I said, the guy that I told you about in the dream. And I said, if I hadn't told you this morning, if I come to you now and said, I just got a text from this guy and he was in my dream last night, you wouldn't really have thought it was that amazing. But luckily I told you. Yeah. And you know, this guy hadn't texted me for three months. And wow. so I really believe that it's not just about our emotional processing. It's about some form of universal connection. Even mm -hmm. if it's just the fact that, Whoever you are, wherever you are, we're all going through the same uncertainty and fear and anxiety. But I, you know, I have to believe it's more than that. That's that's too much of a coincidence, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't. I just don't believe in coincidences. I really do believe that we're all connected on this energetic grid that we call, you know, space time or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And because, according to science, if you really analyze it, it looks like we may have all spawned from that one original tiny little you know seed so to speak that spread out and it's still currently spreading out but still energetically 
I believe we're all still connected to that one source. And I think that every aspect uh, of another, what we consider to be a separate person is really just another aspect of ourselves, yeah. of that one seed of that one mass consciousness potentially. And that we're all on this grid together connected and, and that distance and, and space and separation is probably an illusion. I agree. I mean, even if you look at Jungian psychology, Carl Jung said that every character in your dream is just aspects of yourself. Yeah. So there's, you know, that's, that's one sort of psychological phenomenon that could explain yeah. it. And then if, um, I heard you might know more about this than me. In the, some of the Native American tribes, they say that the way that we've constructed time as a line with past, present and future is not the way that they see time. They see it more in spirals. Mm -hmm. And so that explains coincidences, because if you're spiraling, then you go across the same you know, sort of grid line yeah. naturally several times. But it's only if you have decided that time is a line or space is a line that you think, oh, isn't it strange that that thing I thought about yesterday happened today? But mm -hmm. if you view time differently, then it's not strange at all. That's correct. Absolutely correct. Amazing. Oh, wow, that's great. That's the same way that I see things. We're living in this cyclical type of a system. And one of the things that I've researched in the past were like, the yugas, the Kali Yuga cycles and the golden ages. And the fact that, you know, civilizations seem to rise and fall. And the reason why I teach a lot of the stuff and, and go into a lot of the ancient history and bring that forward to the modern day people is because I believe that the past is prologue and that we need to understand the past so that we can potentially break this loop yeah. and move forward as a species and maybe potentially rise to a golden age and maybe sustain it instead of collapsing back down again. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you mean. And obviously, that's my cultural heritage, Hinduism. So the way that we were taught about it is that for things to be created and maintained for a certain level of time, as long as they're still good, there has to be a destruction element. And mm -hmm. I mean, you could almost say that COVID is a, is a destruction phase like that. And connecting that to the neuroscience, which you learned about at MIT, um, the way that neurons in our brain, so the individual cells in our brain that form the pathways for our thinking, is that they basically either wither away because you don't use them. Mm -hmm. And so some of that spiritual knowledge and self-knowledge that we're born with, it's squelched out of us because of modern society and education. So for example, a lot of children naturally believe in the multiverse theory, mm -hmm. parallel universes, but then because you, know, you would get taught at school that there's no evidence that that's true, although there is you know, some from string theory and things like that, that that's just not how you think anymore. But anyway, so these, can, these neurons, they either grow, connect up with each other, or wither away from disuse, or they get destroyed by stress or alcohol or you know, whatever. So I love the fact that, you know, given my cultural heritage with these like yugas and cycles, and the you know, creation, maintenance, and destruction, that that's exactly how the brain works. I mean, again, that seems to me a pattern or a cycle that can't be a coincidence that they're so exactly the same. Exactly, as above, so below, just like the hermetic principles teach in ancient times. You know, we see that same thing recurring at all different scales in all different fields of physicality. It's really amazing stuff, you know, and one of the things I like to talk about a lot in my lectures and workshops is the law of attraction, which you also have talked about quite a bit now. Yeah. Uh, and it's really amazing. So, you know, what I see at the law of attraction is, uh, you know, how are we have our capability collectively to create conscious, to, to create reality consciously, but also individually that we also help to create our own reality tunnels. 
And through that, through conscious thought and the right frequency and vibration of conscious thought, I think high vibration frequency, we're able to link up or sync up with this universal consciousness and create this law of attraction, you know, kind of a psychic gravitational field that pulls mm -hmm. things that we need and want into our life towards us. Mm -hmm. Can you touch a little bit on how you feel about it when your theories are with the law of attraction? Yeah, so what you've just described is what I would call magnetic desire, which is when you focused your thoughts on something to a certain extent. But I always say that you've also acted in a way to bring that thing into your life. You're not just sitting on your couch, like, yes. you know, hoping for checks <laughs> to roll in. Um, so magnetic desire is a combination of the strong emotions behind really wanting something that's in keeping with harmony and universal connection it can't be bad for other people mm -hmm. um, or just you know based on the ego um, that if your desire for that thing is so strong it's backed up by your emotions you know it's aligned in your body and your brain through your thoughts your beliefs your emotions and your sort of you know gut instinct or the more primal things that you naturally tend to notice things in life that are related to that so if you think about in the modern world how much information overload we're dealing with all the time. Everything we see, everything we hear, everything we're thinking about in the background, you know, somebody might interrupt us. We, you know, we're given more information in the news now than someone in William Shakespeare's time would receive in their whole lifetime. We get that in a day. Yeah. So we naturally have to filter out things that aren't immediately important to us that day. Mm. But if you believe in and practice the law of attraction, and you have a magnetic desire around something and you prime your brain to notice opportunities that are related to that thing that you want, then you're much more likely to grasp an opportunity because you noticed it. I mean, you know, that's the simplest way of, of explaining it. And it's, it's really because some people have to have the empirical science data to believe things like that. Yeah. I had always believed it in my personal life, but I think it was two summers ago over a sort of you know vacation time, I sat down and thought, okay, I'm going to do the research into this law of attraction and see if it matches up with enough neuroscience to make it possible for me to write about it, you know, in a credible way. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they say that there's 12 laws, but there's a little bit of disagreement about what they are, but absolutely easily 10 of them could be explained by modern cognitive science. Mm. And so there was there were a couple where I thought, well, I can't really explain this, but it's, it's not going to harm you. But, you, you know, you don't have to practice it if you don't want to. But if you believe in 10 out of 12, then you might as well include these other things as well. Um, yeah, so I, I sort of distilled them down to abundance, manifestation, magnetic desire. Um, and then I've also said you do have to have some patience. It's, it's not that these things magically become true very quickly, necessarily. If you have micro things that you want they can probably come true quite quickly but if you have much bigger um aspirations then it might take longer um and i did mention universal connection in the book and i'm so glad i mentioned it but i think i didn't know enough about it and i was unsure about really backing it up but yeah. it's just becoming so much more obvious in the world that this you know it's yeah. there it's happening to us right now that's right absolutely that's that's really incredible you know, you, uh, if you look at Einstein's theory of relativity, where um, in the mainstream teachings, you see the globe of an earth or a sun in space, and you see space warped around mm -hmm. that mass, that planetary mass. Well, I think our bodies and our consciousness has the same capability. So what I do is I take out the, the planet or the sun and I put my consciousness in that spot and I imagine or envision warped space time 
you know, around my consciousness. So, because what happens with gravity, as things are flying by something with a lot of mass, they get caught in that gravity well and they fall toward it. That's why rocks and asteroids and meteors fall towards the sun and planets. So I envision that I'm warping space-time with my conscious thoughts, envisioning the things I'm trying to manifest, and then I see the things falling toward me that I need to help me obtain the manifestation. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that I need is I need discernment to understand and discern the opportunities that come to me that are going to help me get to that end goal. Because if you don't discern those little things on the way, you could miss out on ob- obtaining your goal. Yeah. I mean, we basically said exactly the same thing, just yeah. using different <laughs> language and different imagery, um, which is, that's just, you know, I think that's becoming much more obvious to us at the moment in this yeah. crisis. And that's why you know, one of the things that I said to you when we spoke about doing this podcast together was, I feel that we're on the cusp of a mental health crisis or a spiritual revolution. Mm. I mean, people are obvious, you know, completely understandably suffering with being locked down, isolated, self-isolated, maybe actually having health problems or fears about them. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think we've thought enough about how we will ease back into normal life, whatever that is. Um, It's going to be a big adjustment as well. So, and I think there is a mental health crisis waiting to happen. You know, even when maybe we think, say it's all over and we're going back to normal, that's not going to be easy for people. But I think it's such an opportunity to take care of your mental health, take care of, you know, your loved ones, but also, you know, in a, in a phrase, go on that journey inside yourself. Mm. You You can't go outside but you can get to know yourself better. You can, you can use that exact, if you like to call it a meditation that you use of imagining that warped, um, you know, time space sort of gravitational field around your consciousness. Maybe there isn't one of us that can actually change anything about the situation that we're in now, or even whether we personally get sick or not. Mm-hmm. But there's, de- there's a lot of things that we can change. And, and for me, having that weird dream and then, you know, getting the text message from that guy the next day, I thought, okay, there's something going on here. And I can either tap into it. Mm -hmm. I can either give it importance in my brain or I can just carry on doing my emails and a bit of writing and, you know, the surface stuff. Um, So I'd love to know what you think about that. Cause it's such an, you know, what's the, what's the entry point for people who are interested in this, but maybe don't know what to do. You know, that's a great question. And I, I always tell people that you have to start with, like you just said, getting to know yourself. And I think it's important for them to just start a 30 minute, if they can't do 30, 15 minute meditation. Get, there's plenty of YouTube videos. There's YouTube videos. There's even a video on my website, forbiddenalls.com, where they can go to and they can sit there and they can go through a guided meditation and start learning how to empty their mind and how to let the cosmic energy in, how to do different types of meditations, because I think that will expand their consciousness. And then also I tell people to start with reading books like yours, The Source. This is an amazing book to read. I highly recommend this book. And also I wanted to thank you, by the way, for giving me the uncorrected proof way before it even got released. Thank you so much. This is like a a collector's item for me. (laughs) Uh, But these kind of books that really help you tap into knowledge of self and understanding yourself, because if you're on an airplane and uh, you know, the, the stewardess, they come out before they take off and they say, look, guys, if there's some type of a disaster and the oxygen mask falls down, put it on yourself first, then help others. You can't help other people until you've helped yourself, until you've gotten to the level inside yourself where you are strong enough now to understand the basic concepts, to love yourself unconditionally, then from there projecting it outward to other people. 
and then adding on research and investigation and study, the next thing you know, you're going up level step by step. It's a process, you know, and you'll be stronger at different areas than others, but there's always a process to begin. And I always say, let's start with the meditation. Let's start with eating energetic foods. And let's start with, you know, getting knowledge of self, you know, reading books like your book, you know, The Source and other books out there to help teach you about how your brain is functioning so you can envision it. Because the biggest problem I think we have is people, for example, we go to school, we learn the multiplication tables. But how do we learn them? We learn them just by memorizing the answer. We don't really know why two times two is four. We just know the answer is four. So when you ask an, even an, an adult right now, say, hey, why is two times two four? And sit back and watch what their response is. They've got to think for a minute, right? We haven't really, through reading books like yours and getting that knowledge of self, you begin to understand how the brain works. So you begin to understand why I'm reacting this way, why I'm responding this way, because now you've built up the understanding of why two times two is four, how to get to the answer. Why, what is the end result? Why am I getting to this result every time? And then you can make the slight adjustments along the way, but we have to start internally. We have to go to inner space. I, oh, I like that. I agree with you. I think it, even if it just starts with sitting still or, you know, trying not necessarily emptying your mind of thoughts, but not being attached to your thoughts and emotions, like sort of watching them like their traffic going by and sort of, you know, you can be angry, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or whatever. Um, and then building that up, like you said, to longer and longer periods of time and just that stillness and then some specific sort of techniques about if you think a certain thing, like how that plays out in the world. I think it's really understandable at this time that people will have ups and downs. So there'll be bad days. And what I sort of noticed today, because I'm having a good day today, yeah. is that there were a couple of days in the past week where I made a very negative interpretation of things that I wouldn't do if I was you know, feeling fine in every other respect. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, because now I'm having a good day. I thought, isn't it interesting how I let that thing really get me down? Yeah. Um, and then I had a great conversation with another client of mine in New York that was very motivating. And so I went and did three or four things that I've been putting off because, you know, procrastination is also because you have these, these negative thoughts in your mind that it's not going to work or, um, but it's definitely not going to work if you don't do the things that you need to, to make it work. So, you know, it happens to everyone. It's particularly likely at the moment that we'll be having some days like that um and I, I agree with you that you know what i sort of learned by writing the source is that it's okay to have some days like that but the quicker you learn to adapt your emotions and your thoughts to bounce back yeah the better your life is going to be absolutely absolutely true you know it's really amazing uh, over the last i would say since COVID, two months i've seen an increase in suicide messages come to me through my dms and my emails and I usually get about three to four a day for the last four or five years, but now it's gone up to about 10 to 15 a day. How's that? Yeah, I even had a WhatsApp message because someone who met me at a conference and he sent me, um, I gave him my number, so he sent me a WhatsApp and he was talking about that he had a knife to his wrist. Um, you know, so this thing has really escalated these suicidal thoughts in a lot of people who are having difficulty dealing with being confined to mm -hmm. one area and not being able to go outside the loss of their income potentially, along with bills piling up and no end in sight. And it's really giving people, you know, this psychological distress. Um, and the best that I can really do is talk to them a little bit, try to encourage them and, and give them the hotline number, you know, for suicide. Mm -hmm. um, what do you recommend? Do you have anything, you know, from your psychology background that you can recommend? Yeah, so I feel like 
that sort of mental health crisis is something that needs to be dealt with at a really macro level, you know, by, by governments, by these amazing organisations that deal with um, that, you know, people who have these, these thoughts and feelings. Um, and that, you know, what we were talking about earlier, the potential, you know, go to inner space is more of our personal responsibility. Um, a model that I have found really useful at the moment is a psychological model that comes from the 1960s. Mm. It's called the Kubler-Ross curve. You, you might have heard of it. No, I haven't heard of that one. Um, wow. Well, it was made to help people to navigate grief. So if you lost a loved one, there's a 12 to 18 month process that you go through psychologically. And later it was adapted to just be called a change curve. So, you know, it could be more applied to something like losing your job or moving countries, you know, so yeah. things that weren't necessarily to do with like bereavement of life. Yeah. And I think it's more relevant than ever now. And I, what I felt like, because I was a psychiatrist, is that if when you don't understand your emotions and they're overwhelming you, I can completely understand why you would become suicidal or need to be on a psychiatric ward. Mm -hmm. um, and I always felt that, you know, some of the formal knowledge that I have had helped me to navigate some difficult times in my life, like when I got divorced and I changed my career. Mm -hmm. So this curve basically says that in response to any change that you haven't wanted or you're not in control over, which, you know, COVID is that for everyone, yeah. you will have an initial reaction of shock and denial. Mm. And so it's a curve that goes from shock and denial up to anger. Wow. And then down through um, why me sort of bargaining, questioning to a depression phase mm. and then up through the depression phase to a finding meaning, you know, making meaning of what's going on, finding some purpose in it. And then that leads to acceptance, which is the end of the curve. Oh. And so there's a couple of things to say about this curve, which is that however awful it feels to be really angry or really depressed, you have to go through those emotions. You have to experience them. You can't repress them. You can't avoid them because then you just get stuck in that part of the cycle and you never move through to acceptance. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm seeing now in myself and my clients and my friends is that this is going on for quite long and you know, some of the rules around it are changing. So first it was a health issue. Then it was a lockdown issue. Now it's a uncertainty issue and there's you know, economic issues as well. Yeah but we're probably going through that curve. We're gonna to have to go through it several times. So even if you accept, okay, yeah, I need to be locked down and isolated. Mm -hmm. The next thing might be, will, you know, will I lose my job? Cause you might be working from home, but then that might not be sustainable economically. Yeah. Then the next thing might be fear of going back into the community if there's still some infection. Um, you know, I, I, there's so many things that it could yeah. be, but every time there's something, you'll feel a shock you might feel like it, it won't happen to me or you might feel very afraid that, you know, it's going to affect your life, like mm -hmm. the frontline workers, for example. Um, conflict in confined situations, so where families are confined in small, you know, apartments without access to much outside, you know, time or space. Um, if people are going through the curve at different times, then there can be a conflict. Because imagine if I was really depressed today, you know, I'm not clinically depressed, but let's say I was having a really bad negative day. Mm -hmm. And you were having an angry day and we were trying to do a podcast together. <laughs> it's not going to work that well. No. Um, so I think, you know, understanding your emotions, allowing yourself one to two days to go through even the negative emotions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I always said to my patients when I was a psychiatrist was I can't 
make everything better immediately. I can't tell you exactly how long it's going to take or how it's going to go. But I can tell you that you being here and working with me, mm-hmm. that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. No. You know, I, I'm, I'm now you know, taking care of this. We have a team of people who are going to help you. Yeah. And obviously in psychiatry, things don't always go you know, to the good outcome. That's mm-hmm. part of the job. But you can offer people that light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's what you're naturally doing, which is saying, I'm here. You yeah. can speak to me. I can offer you this resource. Because whether you have a mental health issue or not, when you're feeling really negative or low you feel like that's going to go on forever mm-hmm. if someone can give you the perspective that that you can get help that will make that feeling go away or that you might feel like that for two days but then naturally you'll bounce back you know like like i, I did it really really helps so i think that's a, a very good curve to look up maybe you could even um put an image of it on your website for people to use as a resource yes yeah i'll definitely superimpose that while you're talking about it uh over this video. That's a great, great thing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's something that really needs to be addressed. Um, you know, and I just like to tell people consistently that this is just one of many hard times, you know, that we're going through during this era of our civilization. And it's something that we will come out on the other side of. And it will also create a lot of new free thinkers, a lot of new innovative uh, business people, there's some positive that can come out of this as well. And, you know, if you're one of the people that maybe weren't an essential worker or got hit by this financially, you, you now have to take this as a learning lesson. Don't take it as an L as a loss, but as a learning, a lesson, an L as a lesson to say, okay, now I may live long enough to see another one of these types of situations again. Mm-hmm. How can I prepare myself for the next one? So, I, you know, I, I, I lived through the real estate collapse of 2008, 2007, before that happened, I was very wealthy, uh, extremely wealthy, as a matter of fact. And I had put a lot of my eggs into the real estate basket. I was like, well, I'll put everything in this and I'll just sit back and relax for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom, the egg, you know, the basket had a hole and all the eggs fell out and broke. Yeah. So I learned and I said, okay, the next time something happens like this, it may not be real estate, but it'll be something. Something will come. I need to diversify, which mm-hmm. I did. I diversified myself and I had my hands in a lot of different baskets, my eggs in a lot of different baskets. And so mm-hmm. this time I was very prepared. Mm-hmm. for the situation uh so like you know just to tell people like hey you know we have to learn from all of these things that happen because these things happen in cycles as well and there'll be something else that'll come that will hopefully not blindside us completely but you'll be you know okay this happened i wasn't ready for it but i'm i'm ready for it in this way or in that way mm-hmm. i can make this adjustment in my life now and i can handle this situation a lot better than maybe somebody else who wasn't completely prepared at all you know yeah i agree with you i think for people who haven't been on that journey and had that experience like you and I have, yeah. one of the things I want to say is that sometimes these things make sense quite a lot later. Mm. So right now in the crisis, you might be thinking, you know, there's nothing great for me to learn here. My situation is really, really bad. Yeah. But allow that to come. There will be a time where you have an insight when you look back and think, okay, that's what I learned. And, mm. and I would say um, that when I went through my personal crisis, that was the first time I really learned how determined a person I am. And it's come up in these very small ways, you know, in this uh, sort of isolation that we're in, I'm with my husband, but um, there are a few things that, you know, everything from things like not being able to open a jar or an electrical switch going wrong or the boiler going wrong. He was sort of like, oh, we're gonna have to get someone to come in. And I was like, no, I, I think I can do it. And it's sort of, you know, I don't, 
I'm not bad at DIY, like if I need to do it, but it's not something I do very regularly. But mm -hmm. I found myself very much in that mode of if something went wrong, not thinking, oh, it's gone wrong and it's a disaster and somebody will have to help. Right. But thinking, could it, you know, I'm a scientist. Could I try to work out this boiler and fix it myself? Right. And um, it's just really good to see myself like that because it's made me see that I did become more resilient from the bad things that happened to me in the past. Yes. And that itself is very encouraging because then you think okay that happened mm -hmm. at a time where i wouldn't have thought there was anything good going to come out of this so i wonder what's going to come out of you know the situation that we find ourselves in now but but having said that you know i'm very aware that you and i are quite privileged in terms of you know the security that we've got around us but i agree with you that whatever your situation you can learn something about yourself yes absolutely that's fantastic and that's going to take me into a special page in your book for me, okay? Guys, you have to get this book, The Source, okay? Dr. Tara Swart, you must get it. The Secrets of the Universe, The Science of the Brain. Page 111, which is a great number. I love that number, 111. I see that number all the time. So do I. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I mean, And I was just going through your book, reading, 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 and I got to page 111, and I was like, wow, this really stood out for me. So we're going to touch on this a little bit. Whole brain, a whole brain approach. And it says, I use a model of brain agility, which describes six ways of thinking that correlate with the simplified version of the neural pathways in the brain. And the first one is emotional intelligence, mastering your emotions. Can you touch on that a little bit? I'd just like to say that for this COVID situation, I've actually slightly altered what the six things are to be like more useful right now. So I think in good times, we all want to learn to master our emotions and be, you know, really have that self-knowledge, have good relationships with other people mm -hmm. and, and to improve ourselves. At the moment, I think that just being aware of and managing your emotions is actually enough. Yeah. <clears throat> so like we said, if you don't know what's going on emotionally, it can cause all sorts of conflict internal and external. So using that curve that I mentioned earlier, but also just checking in with yourself, mm -hmm. whether it's every hour or four, three times a day or you know, just before you go to sleep, how am I feeling emotionally? And actually I do a sort of grid, how am I feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? And I try to do that like with my husband as well. So yeah. as a, you know, a family could do that quite well with their kids. Yeah. So the, the, basically there's six directions, you know, just very simply back to front, front to back, left to right, right to left, mm -hmm. bottom to top, top to bottom in the brain. There's actually hundreds of networks and subnetworks cascading around the brain. But based on those six directions, I think that right now, um, managing your emotions, so understanding and managing your emotions, recognizing things in yourself that might warn you, I'm going into a, you know, a negative period or mm -hmm. you know, my partner is getting quite angry and what you can do you know, about that and how you can support your children through this emotional journey. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> do you want me to go on to the next one? Yeah, sure, please, yeah, yeah. great. Um, the next one is the brain-body connection. Um, so that's something that it still surprises me that sort of, you know, mainstream people don't really think that's a thing, but yeah. you know, I mean, there's no cutoff at the neck. Our brains and our bodies are very, very intricately connected through all of our glands and hormone systems. And, you know, again, going back to some of the things that you and I really like enjoy that the major glands in the bodies, they, they, in the body, they, um, coincide with the chakras and the sort of, you know, the energetic areas that mm -hmm. from spirituality we're sort of much more aware of. And, and that's a two-way connection. So if you're physically unwell, if you're physically tired, 
then obviously you're less able to manage your emotions, you're less able to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. Equally, if you're feeling depressed or suicidal, or if you're feeling you know, very happy and confident, that has an effect on your, on your physical body. So just understanding everything from, you know, understanding when you're hungry or when it's just a craving because you're stressed, mm-hmm. um, understanding, you know, like listening to your body about how much sleep you need and how much self-care you need to take. So that's the physical thing. But then the third one extends that a little bit to intuition. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I would say under the kind of pressure that we're under at the moment, where really just taking each day at a time is kind of enough. Yeah. Um, that I'm not sort of saying to people necessarily like really tune into that inner wisdom and take that to the next level. I think when things ease off a bit, we can do that. But for right now, um, taking care of your gut microbiome and your oral microbiome. So, you know, your oral microbiome, your mouth is essentially the entry portal um, to your body for good things like, you know, good nutrition, but also bad things like viruses and bacteria. So, taking good care of that you know if you have access to probiotics or you know prebiotic foods and i know that you you bet you post a lot about plant-based foods and fermented foods and things like that um and then there are actually particular strains of bacteria that are available in um kefir or sauerkraut or kimchi or kombucha Mm -hmm. um, or you know probiotics that you can purchase that have beneficial effects on mental health anxiety and sleep so this is a really important time to, you know, perhaps focus on those ones. And then the, the next one in the book is usually making good decisions. But I've changed that. I've adapted that for COVID to embedding micro habits. Ah. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan of neuroplasticity and lifelong learning and, you know, not just formal learning, but spiritual learning. But at the moment, um, if it feels difficult to, to, to read too much or do too many different things, then at least go to bed half an hour earlier, at least drink a couple extra glasses of water each day, at least make sure you're walking around a bit more than you would if you're just cooped up at home all the time. You know, try to, even if it's walking around your home or your yard, mm-hmm. doing that more, doing some deep breathing, doing some meditation for, like you said, just 15 minutes, if that's what yeah. you can do. So these smaller things that you can do that build up your brain power, um, you know, keep your body healthy, but also start to access that inner space that it's just so important now to really be building that up as well. Right. Um, this, the fifth part is staying motivated and resilient. That's quite tough. I mean, you know, people are working at home, homeschooling their kids, yeah. doing all the household chores, um, you know, trying to stay connected to people. And it's really strange because in some ways, technology wise, you're more connected to people, but obviously in terms of like physical affection and eye contact and that real, you know, human connection, you're not. Um, So carrying on from the, you know, embedding micro habits, the little self care things, like if you bathe in warm water or if you massage yourself or moisturize your skin, you release the hormone oxytocin. That's the same hormone you get from physical affection, from handshaking, hugging, being with your loved ones. So for people who are lonely, you know, that can be a really good way to keep yourself motivated when I'm sure at sometimes it feels like difficult to just get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then the last sixth part is about creativity. And normally that's about thinking outside the box, imagining a different reality, imagining a potential future. But here I've talked more about creating new possibilities. So exactly like you said, what can you learn from this situation? Mm-hmm. 
how you know how would it benefit you to do things differently in future yeah um so you know one of the things i'm thinking at the moment is i can't imagine ever traveling as much as i was you know around the world i was traveling like crazy and um it's sort of really given me perspective on how a that's not very good for me or the planet mm -hmm. but b that you know i managed to do eight hours of teaching over two days even from london with the u.s time zone for mit yeah last month you know because i couldn't go there but um we didn't have like 50 participants like we normally do but we had 26 people from all over the world who you know put their attention into being sitting at a laptop through zoom for eight hours a day for two days in a row which i just appreciated so much so just little things like that like how you can do things differently before this COVID situation, I don't think anybody would have said, you, like, you know, you've attended the classes, so you know what they're like. If somebody had said to you two years ago, do you want to sit at home and do that class through, through Zoom? I don't right. think you'd really have thought it was a good idea, but, like, you know. I don't know. I want to be there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think some people did, but actually, I, I know genuinely from having done it that, that some people said it was such a good experience that, you know, we should do it again. We should offer it as a regular thing. So whatever possibility is for people, to, even if it's 10 minutes a day, to take some time to think about what possibility you can create for yourself out of this, not just to be doing the cooking, cleaning, looking after the kids and, you know, going to bed, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's, I'm glad, I, I'm, I didn't know, as I said, that that was on page 111, but I'm, Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm also pleased that before we got to speak that I've adapted it a little bit, because I think that's just going to be so much more yeah. helpful for your followers at the moment oh absolutely definitely I, i've had i had such a great time talking to you today guys listen you have to get this book the source by dr tara swart it's an amazing amazing book i had the opportunity and the pleasure of reading this before it was even released it's a bestseller you must get this book i'm going to put the link in the caption here on forbiddenknowledge.tv make sure you click it make sure you go and get this from amazon you're not going to be sorry. You're going to be very, very well pleased. And this is something that you can even gift to somebody because the knowledge in here is, is unfathomable. I mean, literally unfathomable. Tell everybody where they can find you, Dr. Tara Swart. Um, so like you, I'm very active on Instagram. That's the place that I most sort of, you know, regularly post. And I'm Dr. Tara Swart, so Dr. Tara Swart on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, um, but I would say Instagram is the main place. Um, I'm actually redesigning my website, taraswart.com. So that's, um, you know, it exists, but it's going to be better soon. Okay. Um, yeah, and the book's on Amazon, um, UK and US, and it's actually out now in 36 different languages. So that's really exciting. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, Amazing. I know. I'm so Fantastic. happy about that. Yeah, this Thank is you. great work. Great, great work. Um, when people come to visit me, I show them this book. Now, I haven't had a lot of visitors in the last two months, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right on my coffee table, and it's, it hasn't moved. It's where it's at. I read some of it. I put it back down. I read more, read more. I go back and read over and over again, because I'm a person that likes to read things over and over and over. Yeah. I don't want to. Do, I don't just like do a casual read and go. Okay, no, not a nice book. I like to go because I like to dig deeper. And then, what else can I pull out of this paragraph or this phrase or this sentence or even maybe a word sometimes? And then mm. something I don't see now, I'll see it in three months. Yeah. So I'll okay. probably end up reading this well over a hundred times. To be honest <laughs> with you, because I've oh, done that many, many times before. Yes, this is a great book. I'm highly. I highly recommend it. I look forward to having you on more episodes on Forbidden Knowledge TV. Thank you. Podcast. This is just great. I'm excited that you're, uh, you know, that you're safe and you're okay. Thank you. And, you too. Uh, 
Yeah, I look forward to uh, maybe I'll register for the next. Uh, I'll register for the next. Uh, you know, uh, video course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be wonderful. And I'm so glad we reconnected through this. And I love your podcast and your Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's wonderful to be in touch. Stay safe, and yes. we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to. Hello, my name is Billy Carson, and I'm a best-selling author and the founder of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Together with my team, we have built an all-new conscious streaming TV platform designed with every family member in mind. If you have ever wanted to travel the world and attend lectures and workshops from your favorite speakers but weren't able to, look no further. ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. There are dozens of workshops and lectures from speakers you know and love. We have also included amazing categories to assure that your consciousness is entertained and elevating on a daily basis. Amazing interviews, ancient history, ascension knowledge, wisdom teachings, documentaries, conspiracies, mysteries, health and fitness, conscious cooking, meditations, finance, yoga, and so much more. To start your free trial on any mobile device or computer, surf to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's Forbidden Knowledge with the number four, ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Again, visit ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.